Tony Hines, and you're listening to the Chain Reaction Podcast, all about supply chain advantage. This is the news roundup of all things impacting global supply chains this week. High Speed 2 in the UK may be about to be abandoned by the UK government. Speculation everywhere that HS2, the high speed train link, is about to be decimated once again. Not satisfied with the delay back in March for two years between the Birmingham crew to Manchester leg, it's now possibly about to be scrapped completely. And that will add to suggestions that levelling up is not really an agenda of this particular government, despite the rhetoric. More car recalls in the United States. What's going on? Well, stay tuned. Union auto workers in the United States are about to extend their strike beyond the limited strike action taken in the past week. Amazon was accused this week of violating the terms of a US labor board settlement, an agreement they reached in 2021, which required the online retailer to let workers unionize. When it comes to sustainable procurement, the main driver for that, for most organizations, is regulation. So let's take a look at uh, procurement regulation in this episode and what it means for supply chains. The UK procurement bill is winging its way through Parliament as we speak. The Supply Chain Act is a German law and it requires companies to monitor human rights and environmental risks in their supply chains. And we'll be taking a look at what that means for you if you do business in Germany. On Friday, unions called for ministers to hold an emergency meeting about the HS2 rail project following growing speculation about its future. The Trade Union Congress and five member unions said that this must be brought together urgently to get the line back on track, literally. Rising costs have led to the speculation that the Birmingham-Manchester leg of the high-speed line is about to be axed. The Prime Minister has been evasive all week when he's been asked questions about the HS2 investment. There were a series of interviews on BBC local radio and television. The Prime Minister repeatedly shifted the topic of focus to local bus services and improving roads by fixing potholes. Well, they all need doing, Prime Minister, but they're not the same as a major infrastructure project. Those are maintenance jobs. This is investment for the future. There's concern that the eventual bill might exceed £100 billion. Now, remember a few years ago, all the speculation about whether Crossrail would go ahead? But of course it did, didn't it? Despite all the increased cost, it went on and it was invested in. Of course, that was in London, a couple of hundred miles south of where this particular investment is going to take place. So this is levelling up for the north, or is it? Now, obviously, projects need to be managed, but they should learn from the past. And there's a couple of things that are really important here. It's about leadership. You have to have leadership to get these projects happening. And they have to be kept to time. And they're very complex because you're managing lots of different organisations and bringing those together with the sole purpose of developing one project. And the more suppliers that you've got in a supply chain, we know it's difficult, but it's possible. There's also issues around governance and who's in charge and how it's managed. And as the issue of transparency, these things are not particularly transparent and some of the previous projects on the government's own website make that point clear. That cost is not very transparent. Sometimes they wrap up the cost in other projects or they take costs out of a project and put it elsewhere. They move it around 
it's sleight of hand in accounting terms. So let's have the investment done properly and make sure that future generations are going to be served by good transport links. And that will ensure that income is generated from this investment. In a separate report this week, does mention that infrastructure is underinvested in the United Kingdom. And that's damaging both for productivity and for national income. Towns and cities in the north, including Crewe, Liverpool, Manchester and Leeds and many other towns along various routes where HS2 investment was supposed to happen, would be severely decimated by the withdrawal of any funding. And it would really be a slap in the face for northern cities and northern people when you think of all the investment that's gone into London in the past few years, particularly for rail with the Elizabeth Line and other investments. And this all at a time when the tax take in the United Kingdom is at its highest level at 37%. So there's plenty of money being generated by the government and you might ask the question, is it being used fairly and wisely? Well, there are more car recalls in the United States this week. 3.37 million US vehicles have been recalled by Kia and Hyundai over fire risks. And they're telling people not to park outside and keep away from structures until repairs are completed on the recall. So they're obviously quite concerned about this. And you can remember just a couple of months back, I was telling you a similar story about uh, vehicle recalls, again from Kia and Hyundai amongst others. It's the brake fluid leaks. They can cause an electrical short and it could lead to a fire. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, NHTSA, said that owners need to follow the advice and park vehicles outside until repairs are made. Don't park them in your garage. Hyundai said it has a report that there were 21 fires and 21 other thermal incidents since 2017 related to this recall. And Kia has reported at least 10 confirmed fires and melting incidents. So it sounds pretty nasty. So if you've got one of these cars, make sure your car is in for recall. It covers 1.73 million Bariga Cadenza Forte Sportage K900 Optima Sol Rio Sorento and Rondo vehicles for Kia and the recall covers various model years for each vehicle from 2010 through to 2017. That's according to the filing that took place with the NHTSA. So this fault in the hydraulic electronic control unit is causing this electrical short and the brake fluid leaks and it can result in an engine compartment fire while the car is parked or driving, said the car maker. Hyundai is recalling 1.64 million Elantra, Genesis Coupe, Sonata Hybrid Accent, Azira, Ballista, Santa Fe, Equus, Veracruz, Tucson, Tucson Fuel Cell and Santa Fe Sport Vehicles, models from 2011 to 2015. Anti-lock brake systems may leak and fluid could cause an electrical short, which could result in an engine compartment fire, whether parked or driving. So, make sure you follow the instructions. Ethical sustainable supply chains have been part of what we look at and the Chain Reaction podcast all the time. And we've been pioneering the approach of examining how you can do the right thing in supply chains and do things better so that you can get to that sustainable 
future. Now, whether your zero carbon emissions are a priority for 2030 or 2050 is up to the organisation. But certainly the Paris Accord back in 2015 wanted all organisations and all countries to focus attention on the 2050 date. And of course, it's important to keep in mind every day what you can do in the supply chain to lower those carbon emissions and contribute to a better future. And there are many ways to do it. And if you look back at the many episodes that we've had over the past couple of years, you'll note we've had a number of programs about sustainability and about ethics in the supply chain. Now, these two sides of the way we think about supply chains are in some respects novel. We've always focused on the operational activities, but often we haven't had the goal of necessarily doing the best thing by the planet to have a sustainable future. And we haven't always focused attention on ethical considerations. And governance in the supply chain has become much more important in the past couple of years. And I've been writing about that recently for my new edition of my supply chain book, which comes out in January 2024, where you'll be able to read about ethics and sustainability and why it's important in supply chains and how we're all part of a big transition. If we just look quickly around the world at the news this week, we can see that the Mississippi River is at historic lows and grain exports are at risk. I'll come back to that story a bit later. Bolivia too is facing water shortages as winter heat waves drive drought. Indian farmers are protesting against sharing river water and there's drought concerns in India. And we're still giving fossil fuel subsidies in the European Union. New Zealand has declared a weather warning this week. High winds and extreme temperatures, which are causing changes to rainfall over the next three months. And this warning says that temperatures will likely increase. There have been spells of unseasonable warmth in Australia also. And so all these stories are popping up around the globe, giving quite a convergent message that climate change is a major problem. So you might ask, why are we still subsidising fossil fuels? Why are we still opening up fossil fuel capacity? It surely is time to move away for planet, people, and ultimately for profit. If you're an organisation that wants to move to the future fast, then you'll probably reap the benefit of profitability in the medium to long term. If you hold on to the past, well, it's likely to cause more cost, inefficiency, and of course, pollution and changes to climate that may be irreversible at some point, if not already. Now you might be wondering what all this has to do with supply chains and supply chain advantage. Well, it's central. It's central to the whole issue. Because if the climate changes, it means there's going to be disruption to supply, either through crops and crop failure in the food markets, or disruptions because of the changing nature of water levels, so you can't move ships down canals, rivers, to get goods from ports to destinations. Or it could be that roads flood. We've witnessed in recent times, of course, in the past few weeks, problems in the Panama Canal as water levels dropped, and, of course, ships unable to get through that canal because of the low draft. And then we've seen similar things happen in the Rhine, 
as water levels have fallen in Germany and in other places across Europe and across the globe. And also there's been severe flooding in New York in the past week, all completely out of the normal weather patterns at this time of the year. So all the signs of the problem of climate change and why we need to be more sustainable are right in front of our eyes, and companies who have a blind spot will be the ones to lose out. Pollution causes massive disruption to human life, and all those things will cause problems in supply chains at some point. So the more we can do to preserve the planet and slow down that climate change, the better it will be for all of us. And supply chain profitability depends on getting the goods to the right place at the right time, at the right price. And if there are disruptions, prices go up, supplies go down. The Mississippi River is at its lowest level for some considerable time. It was reported this week that the lower Mississippi River was within inches of its lowest ever level, and it's expected to remain near this historic low, just as the green export season gets underway. The low water levels are slowing the hauling of export-bound corn and soya-bean barges, and this has happened over recent weeks as shippers try to lighten loads to prevent vessels from running aground. Parts of the river have been closed 22 times since the 1st of September for dredging or to remove barges that ran aground. At least 36 groundings have been reported by the U.S. Coast Guard. The Mississippi River had a reading of 10.62 feet on the Memphis-Tennessee gauge on Thursday, and that's just above its all-time low of 10.81 feet on October the 21st last year, according to the National Weather Service. Amazon was accused this week of violating the terms of a U.S. Labor Board settlement an agreement they reached in 2021, which required the online retailer to let workers unionise. The company is feeling the pinch, apparently, from these unionisation efforts. Last year, workers at an Amazon warehouse in New York voted to form the first union at the company. And so workers' rights have become quite an issue. The Teamster Union also picketed outside two Amazon warehouses in Los Angeles on Friday. Amazon delivery drivers and dispatchers have been on strike at 16 of the company's warehouses across the country for nearly three months in protest against the labour practices, alleging low pay and dangerous working conditions. Workers' rights, of course, are becoming much more part of the new economy. They've managed to avoid them for a long period of time, but in the post-COVID days, there's a return to an attempted rebalance in the shift of power between the unions and the organisations that employ them. And it was noticeable this week that uh, even the president was involved in the UAW protests. He says he's a supporter of unions. So I think the writing's on the wall. If companies don't move forward to a more enlightened approach in labour relations. The Supply Chain Act is a German law and it requires companies to monitor human rights and environmental risks in their supply chains. The law requires large companies to identify, prevent and address these human rights and related environmental violations in their own and their direct suppliers' operations. It strengthens human rights and environmental protection in global supply chains and companies have to monitor their operations and direct suppliers worldwide and take action if they find violations. So it's strengthening the governance in supply chains, in effect. The German Federal Ministry of Labour and Social Affairs 
said that the Supply Chain Act initially applies to companies with at least 3,000 employees, and that started in January 2023. But from 2024, companies with at least 1,000 employees in Germany will also be subject to that law. It doesn't apply to small firms. The Supply Chain Act has several pros and cons. Some of those pros include strengthening human rights. The law strengthens human rights in global supply chains, requiring companies to monitor and address those human rights violations. It protects the environment. The law requires companies to monitor and address environmental risks in supply chains. It provides legal certainty for companies by establishing clear obligations for sustainable supply chain management. And it gives an opportunity to improve reputation. Companies complying with the law can improve reputation by demonstrating a commitment to human rights and environmental protection. There are, however, some downsides to the Act. It will increase cost. Compliance with the law can be costly for companies, and particularly if you've got complex global supply chains. It's an increased administrative burden. Companies have to establish new processes to comply with the law, and they can be time-consuming and require additional resources. And there are, of course, penalties for non-compliance. Companies that fail to comply with the law may face significant financial penalties and exclusion from public procurement procedures. The implications for companies that have to comply with the Supply Chain Act are significant. Companies must establish risk management systems, conduct human rights due diligence, have a remedy for violation, establish grievance mechanisms and report progress. The risks and penalties associated for non-compliance can result in fines up to 2% of worldwide turnover, or up to €8 million. Euros. So, if you don't know about this already, and apparently, according to a survey, 40% of companies are unaware of the risks involved. So don't be one of those. Do your homework. The UK Procurement Bill is winging its way through Parliament. As we speak, about one in three pounds is spent on public procurement in the United Kingdom, and it amounts to three hundred billion pounds per year. The UK procurement legislation consists of more than three hundred and fifty regulations spread across all different areas relating to public contracts, such as defence contracts, utility contracts, concession contracts. But they're going to be consolidated into a single regime, and it's all about value for money. It's the biggest single change since nineteen seventy two. Previously, there was the European Communities Act of 1972, where procurement issues were dealt with. It's hoped it will give greater transparency, although there's no express principle of transparency in the bill. It's hoped it will simplify all the current procurement legislation, which have been derived from European Union law, and it's covered by various frameworks, such as public contract regulation in 2015, concession contract regulation 2016, utility contract regulations 2016, and the defence and security public contract regulations of 2011. So these four different regimes will now be replaced by a single framework. You can find out more about the UK Procurement Bill on the government website, and I'll put a link in the notes to this programme. And also, in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to do a special all about procurement and procurement legislation and how it's changing the landscape. So look out for that one. Well, that's it for this week's News Roundup. I'm Tony Hines. I'm signing off and I'll see you next time in the Chain Reaction Podcast. Bye for now.
The Chain Reaction Podcast is written, presented, and produced by Tony Hines. Hi, I'm Tony Hines. I'm here to tell you about the Chain Reaction Podcast, all about supply chain advantage. I've been researching and writing about supply chains for over 25 years. I wrote my first book on supply chain strategies in the early 2000s. Each week we have special episodes on particular topics relating to supply chains, and we have a weekly news roundup every Saturday at 12 noon, all things impacting global supply chains in that week. So come and join us on the Chain Reaction Podcast. I look forward to seeing you there. I'm Tony Hines. I'm signing off. Bye for now.